Welcome to another segment of Retail Refined coming to you, taping from the Lead Innovation Summit in New York City. Sitting with me now is Dan Cherian. He is the VP of Transformation at VF Corp. Thank you so much for sitting with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Over. Yeah, and stole you straight from the stage. So for those who weren't able to be at the conference today, I want to dig in a little bit to the things that you talked about and kind of how you think about the future. Um, before you do that, I'm pretty sure that the world is familiar with VF Corp, but why don't you remind everybody of the brands um, under that umbrella, and then also, what is your role as VP of Transformation? Sure. So VF Corp is a global portfolio of apparel, footwear, and equipment brands. It's uh, 12 brands. It's about $12 billion in the U.S. dollars revenue. It's about 1,300 stores globally, owned by VF, operated by VF. Uh, 2,400 partner stores on, in addition to that. Um, and we really focused on the outdoor, active, lifestyle, and uh, workwear segments. So as your role as VP of Transformation, um, tell us a little bit about kind of like what's top of mind in your day-to-day, what do you do for the organization? Yeah, so, you know, in our whole industry for some years now, we've been seeing digital transformations of pieces of the value chain. E-commerce was a big one. Marketing tech has happened. We and you know increasingly you have supply chain, you have merchandising, product creation, digitizations going. What's happening is as each of those pieces digitize, connecting all of them has become more and more important. So my job is end-to-end operational transformation. We're using digital as a tool. And in some cases, some function might have already digitized, but it's making sure that the rest of the functions are keeping up with it. And frankly, people skills and processes are keeping with it. Because if you have a new set of digital tools, but processes are still from the you know 20 years back, mm-hmm. that doesn't work too well together. So it's, it's simplification, it's true digitization end to end. Okay, well, you have a heavy lift happening yeah. right now too, because that's being married with how you rewire wholesale brands to have a larger D2C operational model. Um, So talk to us a little bit about that, and I know that's what you covered here at the summit. Yeah, so again, given the the audience, who we are talking to, most of us know how wholesale, a wholesale focused brand and a completely direct to consumer focused brand are very different. Mm -hmm. The processes, the talent, you know, the the calendar, the workflows, they're very different. And things get more and more complicated as you start blending. So if it's a digital native brand, which was 100% direct to consumer, which now suddenly has 20% wholesale, it can work. Or if we were a largely wholesale brand, which have have few stores, you know, 20% of your revenue comes from there, we can make it work. Mm-hmm. Which basically means you pretend you largely do what you anyways did. You tweak a little bit for this new channel, but you primarily do what you did. Things start getting really different and complicated when that mix changes to, say, 40%. Yeah. So VF right now is at 46%. You know, direct to consumer. Direct to consumer. So about 25 or 26 of that is uh, our brick and mortar stores. I'm talking global numbers now. Mm-hmm. And 20% is e-commerce. So that starts really now putting on a whole different level of complexity on people and process because 
everything you can think of, even just the return process or the merchandising process, you have to really figure out how you do it because the timing, the pro who makes that decision, when in the calendar that decision is made, all that is different. Mm -hmm. So at that 50-50 level, it becomes quite complicated. And with such a large mix still being brick and mortar, the purpose of the store is also evolving at exactly. the same exact time. Exactly. So how are you factoring that into your mindset? I think that's a large part of that. So obviously, it's as I said, to keep it really simple because there's so much complexity to it, I keep reusing the framework of people, process, and tech. The tech side has been relatively easier. You know, mm -hmm. There are solutions, and they're like, actually, the lead is a great watering hole for that. You have a lot of companies who can take on different aspects of an omni-channel model. Mm -hmm. But the processes, you know, as well as the people side, you know, how are they incentivized? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say this is a VF problem, but I'm pretty sure in our uh, experience of retail, if you bought from a brand online mm -hmm. and tried to return it at store, there are many store associates and many brands in this country who would say, you know what, can you just not put it here in my store because yes. my number is going to go down. Oh, absolutely. And right. I think that's the kind of... You have to so, break that mentality. Yeah, it's not yeah. a good customer experience. But more, and the mentality comes from how she's paid. If the incentives, if she's not paid, if she's going to take a hit for every ship back. Right. No, she, that's a cultural change. Yeah, that, yeah. Right. So there's all that level of work going on. The other thing, I think we omni-channel, and I, you know, even that word now is the phrase may not be as hot I as know. it was. <laughs> well, because people stopped believing in that yes. phrase, and now it's actually coming to fruition, and yeah. we want a new phrase. Yeah, exactly. Maybe people are just like, but it was tough. It is tough, and yeah. I think in the first few years, it was all about the commerce side and the marketing side, and having essentially new tech stacks for it. But what? often has been overlooked as just behind that there have to be transformation of our planning systems, our fulfillment, distribution, which has been really complicated mm -hmm. uh, and expensive on every level, not just the, you know, entire distribution centers had to be rewired and, you know, how you do planning had to be. But if you keep going back even behind that, you have basic forecasting and planning with changes. You have your supply chain with changes. What I mean is where, where it comes from, mm -hmm. how long it takes to get here. If you go back, you have to also change product creation and merchandising because how you do merchandising for an assortment that is going to go 50-50 is very different. So that journey is not over yet. In yeah. fact, I, I would say most of the times we have 50% in only on the second phase. There's still all this to do, and it's kind of uneven. Like some parts of the company will move faster in mm -hmm. some companies. Some companies, the people side might help up. Right. No, yeah. absolutely. Well, one of the things that you talked about that you're invested in is the digitization uh, from, from the, the beginning. From the beginning. And you're starting to create those digital yeah. twins. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's the part I'm really excited about because a lot of our industry for a long time has, when you go back to the basics of it, Merchants and designers and developers have had to make decisions a little blind because the material was not digitized, the product was not digitized. And when I say when the product was not digitized, is they didn't, beyond holding it in their hand, a lot of core data as to how sustainable is it, what is the costing for it, where does it exactly come from, beyond like a slip of paper stuck yeah. to it, there was not much, uh, as well as what would it look like. Like, unless you made a physical prototype and you got it shipped from wherever you're getting it shipped from. In Asia, it could be four weeks. And every time you did that, you spent, like, months just doing a fit. Mm -hmm. 
now if you if you core if you digitize the basics of that, if you, your material is scanned at high fidelity, if your design and development process happens in 3D, you can make a lot of those decisions much up earlier. So what happens is you still make prototypes, but you don't have to make so many wrong prototypes. Mm -hmm. You dial it in pretty fast. Also, merchants now can, once it's digitized, it's no longer on a PowerPoint or a, you know, literally you can immediately look at the assortment and say, hey, that's not going to be profitable. And I already know it, so I'm not going to spend two months and at a sales meeting or a, some pre-line meeting with an account learn that it's too late and you know, yeah. this is not going to work out. And uh, talking about words that have existed uh, for a long time, we have uh, artificial intelligence, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and, and now it's very rapidly coming more to fruition, yeah. even though we're still in very early stages. Yeah. But as you talk about the digitization yeah. from the start, that yeah. also enables you to lean into that exactly. as well. Yeah, so exactly. how are you thinking about that and the I, opportunities? I think that's a great uh, piece that you brought up because all these tools, whether it's machine learning, AI, everything requires the product or the process to be digitized. If there's no data, they can't do anything. Right. So the more you digitize, you get that competitive advantage. So if you have digitized your materials up front with your factory material suppliers or your factories are trained on 3D from the beginning, imagine the possibilities. You can have generative AI do patterns, prints, graphics. You can have that data immediately tested, A-B tested on your e-com site. You could have that data come back into your merchandising systems. So what normally was word of mouth, focus groups, or even some other technology system, which would still take weeks, and by the way, would often land up on the table or on an email attachment, but mm -hmm. never get used in the software. Right. Now it's all wired up together. Yeah. So yeah, AI will, what it's already doing on the commerce side, has even greater applications, I feel, on reducing cost of goods. And at the end of all this, really, making better product. We are here to please our consumer. Mm -hmm. So the more we know about her, and the fact that we can actually put it in, and we can show her all these iterations before we ever bring it out, yeah, it's, it's gonna change everything, yeah. Absolutely, and one, a lot of the things you're talking about from that, it's the digital platforms as well, um, but as you are evolving more to D2C, um, there's more, there's kind of like higher table stakes too for your physical environments because yeah. that's becoming a bigger mix, yeah. right, of your customer touch points. Yeah. So how are you now then weaving some of these um, transformations, learnings, et cetera, to what does that mean for the store experience? That's, that's, uh, it touches everything once you, once you, and that's why it's important to look at it as a whole value chain and digitize all of it and have the right thoughts on which parts to digitize and what sequence because you could make it pretty lopsided otherwise. So to give you specific to your question, one of the things we've been really fascinated with is once you digitize your product and your fabric, right, it, it, there's, there's like two big use cases that have come up. One is for, his, for a long time, forever that I know, creative teams, designers have always been told like, hey, think of the store in mind. You gotta like merchandise to the store, design to the store. But it's very difficult to design in, you know, in vacuum in some ways. Right. Especially when you're trying to hold fabric and all that kind of stuff. When you digitize everything, one of the fascinating things is we have also digitized all our stores. So the virtual environment, think of like a video game. You essentially have like our LA store, our Bronx store as a virtual twin. So the moment you have a virtual twin, 
right in the design process, and I'm not saying we would design it for every store, but what happens is the creative team can immediately start seeing, hey, what is it going to look like? Mm -hmm. If I have this as the assortment, what is it even going to like? And that makes you consumer and DTC focus right there because you are now designing into the store. It's not an abstract concept of, well, you made it. Right. Let me try to merchandise in a store. The team itself did it right from the beginning. So that makes so much less waste. On the other hand, our visual merchandising teams, the retail visual merchandising teams, now have everything digitized. So in mm -hmm. the past, they would sit down with a planogram and draw this thing out. Now it's almost like playing a video game. So they got the new fixtures digitized. They got the new fabric and the product digitized, the colors. Now what they do is they actually can, in 3D, just place these things, mm -hmm. look at what they want. And this has actually been a game changer also for our wholesale partners because we can actually show them yeah. what our vision is. Mm -hmm. So when we're doing pre-line meetings, it's not just holding up a fabric piece or a product. We're literally saying, hey, your store, this is how we show up in your store. So that's the visual aspect, and my guess is if you're doing that early on, you, are you able to then also attach metrics to it? So you're yes. not just seeing how it looks, but you're understanding, okay, what is exactly. my potential revenue per square foot exactly. returns? And it's getting better, not entirely there. And I think that's the piece because this, that's the big part about digitization, I would say. The visual, for all this time, the visual was in PowerPoint and Illustrator and whatever, some kind of graphic software. All the numbers were in... Excel. Mm -hmm. I think we are bringing them together finally. So yeah. now whether it's a merchant, whether it's a store design, everybody can see it together. So they know that, hey, if I move it from a green top to a red top based on last year's sell through, it's not like I have to go to another file. She can see it right there. And that data is there. Yeah. So she can make active decisions the same way footfall or whatever. Some data can be plugged in. Mm -hmm. And when you decide to move that corner fixture to the side, if there is enough last year's data, we can actually show them no. how that change makes a difference. Right, it's very empowering yeah. and, and it allows your teams to be much more strategic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're still in such early stages of this, right? There's that mix of um, wholesale and D2C still coming together, digitization coming together. As we look at the future, like what's top of mind for you? What are you excited about? Um, it could be what it keeps you up and then yeah, yeah. from, you know, what are you excited about? I think the thing that I'm most excited about is all this is going to lead to, I think, three three things. One is I think it's going to lead into a more targeted, dialed-in assortment and mm -hmm. product for our customer, which is, I think, the most important piece. Because for so long, we've guessed. And that somebody's guess has been better than somebody's guess. One year or one season has been a better guess than others. But to imagine having that converse, all these conversations that we have with her, or when I say her, I'm just saying everybody, whether it's on social media or our own customer feedback loops, to have all that actually plugged into product making is going to be game changing. Because as I said, till now it's almost been, hey, there's an email, there's a report, there's, but it's not plugged into the flow effortlessly. So the first one would be just better product that is loved. The second one is no more markdowns. And when I say no more markdowns, I'm saying... <laughs> Cry as the consumer, yeah, exactly. but no, obviously yes. as the brand, yeah. you don't want that. But, you know, you make the right product for her and you make it at the right price. You don't have to factor in... Actually, the price would be right size because yeah. today there's so much this industry makes which is never sold and we kind of factor that in from the beginning. 
So that silly cycle of putting something out and then marking it down and then again marking it down just because your planning systems can take care of it, I think that would be great also from a sustainability perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's terrible yeah. what happens in our industry. So I think just better product, more targeted. Uh, and the last one is for our own teams. Like I, I think our teams with these better tools, when I'm talking about design, let's just take design. I don't think any designer wants to necessarily sit there and fill out a tech pack and documentation for the next, you know. That's the, that's the energy sapping, tiring part. They can focus on true creativity, like mm -hmm. better product, just better. And the same thing with uh, allocation planner. Yeah. Like rather be strategic versus having a fire drill every day. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a great thing for our industry is the change is not going to be as easy. That's no, all. it's yeah. going to be a concerted effort, years in the making. It's going yeah. to take stamina and an always learning mentality. But one thing, I just re uh, moderated a session here, and one of the people on stage, he was from Pemberley, oh, talked yeah. about how AI is helping them from a content standpoint, them uh, marrying these things together, yeah. it's future vision. You have smarter product, yeah. right? Their system then talks, has the insights by image recognition, et cetera, and understanding different personas, yeah. what are the right talking points about those products? How do I, yeah. what are the details that go on the product page? How do yep. I sell it? How do I talk to my customer? And I feel like those two aspects, better product and better education, selling points, et cetera, and then the ability to bring that into the store, yep. it's going to be powerful. It's going to be amazing. The fact that you could tag all that data to a product, today most of that tagging, as I said, it's, it's almost an analog world which only becomes somewhat digitized when it gets to e-com. But it's, you know, at that point we start putting in PIM data and other things, but a lot of the data, there is already a lot of data in PLM systems and many other places on that product, but it's not been engaged with the consumer well right. enough, and it's been not tagged with all that metadata that comes from outside, which is like what she really likes, or what is she buying today? You're right, when that comes together, that experience is gonna be so much powerful, and we don't, like with these large computing systems, which are self-aware on that part of it, mm -hmm. it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, hopes that I think our industry has always had about just styling, better styling, or better, um, you know, just informed decision making, both on the consumer side but also on the brand side. I, I think the, that turn is right around. Yeah. It's exciting, yeah. but it is going to take stamina and a cultural shift and mindset inside the corporations, right, to understand that. And that this is like, these are assets and it's just going to make everybody yeah. uh, more successful. I think that's the one thing I think which is the biggest change I've noticed is if you look at, and again, this is my personal piece observation, is if you look at the design team or if you look at the merchandising team or if you look at the supply chain teams or whatever, each of these value steps, there are enough young, digitally-minded leaders in each function who have mm -hmm. got it. They yeah. understand. And there's also been a lot of solutions coming in. Uh, it's the cross-work across them that is becoming more and more painful. Mm -hmm. So let's take an example of returns. You know, we were, I think I was talking about returns. Returns is a big drag on profitability in most, uh, mm -hmm. most brands mm -hmm. in the world. Interestingly, when you come in, whether it's Narwar, any of these happy returns, there's so many companies that yeah. do it. When they come in, even who do they actually talk to in a large company or a brand? Are they going to the e-com team? Are they going to the customer experience team? Are they going to the customer service team? Are they going to the supply chain team? 
And I think that cross, across value chain digitization or connection is is the is it's, the final frontier yes, now. It's you know? critical. Yeah. It's critical for it to all come together. I, I'm slowly seeing a sentiment of more open-mindedness, so that's exciting uh, as I speak to individuals. But I thank you so much. We can go on forever. I feel like we don't <laughs> have enough time. Um, but it was really great to talk to you, Dan. Again, this is Dan Cherian. He is the VP of Transformation at VF Corp. Um, thank you so much for spending time with me. Yeah, thank you so much. It was fun. Yeah.